as far north as Marauder's Arch, as far south as Booty Isle, as far east as Ruby's Fall, and as far west as Mermaid's Hideaway, Pirate Talk Radio proudly presents the most in-your-face Sea of Thieves podcast on the waves, and now broadcasting from his mother's basement, the biggest idiot to ever pick up a cutlass, your host, Davram! Welcome back, guys, to Pirate Talk Radio. I hope everyone is doing excellent. I hope everyone had a great community weekend. Um, we'll talk about that here in just a little bit because I had an absolute blast on uh, on community weekend. Uh, this is episode 103, and I appreciate each and every one of you hanging out and listening each and every week. If you haven't done so already on your podcasting apps, please, please, please drop a rating. Obviously, uh, I try to do a five-star performance for you. Um, if you've already dropped a, a five-star, um, please share this podcast out to your friend, to your family, to your friends, anyone who you think would be interested in Sea of Thieves content. You know how it is. You know how my episodes go. Um, we talk about the good, we talk about the bad, and we talk about the downright up, right? <clears throat> Manual bleep there. <laughs> so uh, please do share if you've already left a rating on your podcasting app. If you haven't done so, please do drop a rating there and leave me a comment. If you're watching on the YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. Drop me a comment about how your community day went or community weekend, how season nine is going for you and make sure you turn those notification bells on. So you know, whenever pirate talk radio goes live before we get too much farther into the episode, I want to take a moment and thank the amazing, the glorious, but notorious patrons who spend their hard-earned money to support this show uh, and make sure that uh, money's coming in, right? I don't uh, I don't really, unless the, the YouTube or something like that does an advertisement for it, uh, I, I keep advertisements to a minimum or off of, of, of the podcast, again, aside from whatever the podcasting apps and YouTube does uh, just by default uh, for their side. But uh, I want to take a moment and thank all those who do throw their hard-earned money at me each and every month. And that is Skamelt666, Lane and Registella. Thank you each for your continued support. And if you would like to become a patron, get your name uh, read off and get the episodes early and a private feed uh, so that you can get those early. You can go over to patreon.com slash TV, and there's a variety of membership options that you can select from starting as low as one U.S. dollar a month and going all the way up, and each tier gets you a different style of reward. So thank you again to the patrons. As always, I appreciate it very, very much. Let's get into what's coming up in Sea of Thieves in the next week. First off, let me state by uh, saying I am traveling out on Monday, um, the 3rd, and I won't be back until the weekend, so the 10th. Um, and because of that, uh, I have done a pre-record uh, for next week's episode. So you guys make sure you get your episode. And uh, it sh- it's, it's a good one. 
It is an excellent episode. I interview uh, Captain Logan. I know uh, Captain Logan and I have done co-op uh, uh, streams each and every week. Uh, we've done co-op episodes. We did Sea of Thieves Fest, the, lies, uh, the live uh, recording at Sea of Thieves Fest. Uh, great friend of mine, great person, great lover of Sea of Thieves. And I do an interview with him where I ask him questions uh, and we talk about Season 9. We talk about Community Day. We talk about Voyage of a Lifetime. Um, and we talk about what we see coming up next. Uh, mostly it's Logan, right? It's an interview. It's not a co-op uh, 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 podcast or anything like that. It's it's an interview of him. So getting his take on the current state uh, and where he feels that Sea of Thieves uh, will be going. So make sure uh, that you uh, you catch next week's episode. Uh, like I said, it's pre-recorded. It's already done. Um, it's just uh, I, since I'm traveling, I wanted to make sure you guys got an episode next week. And I think it's a it's 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 a really really good one. So that will be episode 104 next week. For this week, and what's coming up while I'm gone, unfortunately, um, I'm going to have to figure out a way. I'll probably take my laptop or something with me, um, or I might just leave my computer on uh, at home uh, on a, a partnered streamer because there are Twitch drops coming up, and this set is it's pretty sick what they've done. It's a blue and silver set. It is indeed um, the Winds. I think it's the Sapphire Winds um, set, I believe, is Eastern Winds Sapphire. Yes, Eastern Winds Sapphire. Uh, you have the opportunity from April 6th, 7th to April 10th, starting at 10 a.m. and going to 10 a.m. UTC. Um, use Google to figure out what that is in your area. Um, but from the 7th to the 10th, you have the opportunity to watch any Sea of Thieves partnered streamer uh, for four hours, one hour per reward. Make sure you claim your rewards between each time. You'll be able to earn the peg leg, which looks pretty sick. It's got a, it's a it's a dragon peg leg that's blue and silver the the contrast between the blue of the sapphire and the silver is is excellent in this it's absolutely excellent um it's it's probably becoming one of my favorite renditions of the original ashen set uh is this this eastern wind set here so uh you'll get the peg leg uh you'll have an opportunity to get the shirt which is really cool it's a black um like kimono in, inspired shirt uh, with a silver dragon um, on the chest, uh, the jacket and the hook. So that is peg leg shirt jacket and hook uh, from the 7th of April to the 10th of April uh, one hour per reward watching a sea of thieves um, streamer partnered streamer and uh, to make sure you're signed up for twitch rewards uh, go to sea of slash twitch dash drops and set up your Microsoft account with your sea of thieves account make sure if there's multiple people in your house make sure if there's uh, multiple Xbox accounts that you have make sure you're using the one that's that you want these on uh link it to your twitch account uh and watch one hour per item and claim it in between there is also a really cool plugin that you can get um and now again it's not always working anytime twitch does a um an update sometimes this breaks uh but if you are someone who can't just sit there and spend time 
um, you know, watching, claiming and all that stuff. You know, you're like me, you're a busy person, you're up and about, but you want to make sure you get your Twitch drops. There is a Google Chrome extension called automatic Twitch. Okay. Automatic Twitch in Google Chrome. Uh, it is a free extension. And when you have that installed, it will claim channel points. It will claim Twitch drops. It'll claim everything. So you do not have to be at your computer in order to do it. Now, again, Google Chrome. So you're going to have to have that on a PC and the PC running. Um, but it does give you the ability to walk away and not worry about missing your Twitch drops or your channel points to redeem uh, different things. You can lurk in a stream, uh, you know, provide that uh, critical view to a streamer, either small or for this partnered, um, and and walk away and get other things done that you may need to do, but still be able to claim your rewards. So again, Twitch drops April 7th through the 10th, seeofthieves.com slash twitch dash drops. Really cool set. And make sure you download the automatic Twitch, um, drops it's, it's, it's drops and what, what I'm trying to look what it's uh, automatic Twitch drops, uh, moments and points, whatever that means. Uh, I've used this quite a bit. 67,750 points redeemed 63 drops redeemed. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a really cool, uh, extension that you can use. Uh, and like I said, currently it's, it, it is working right now, but, uh, you just have to, you just have to keep it updated, right? You just have to keep it updated as Twitch does their updates, uh, to make their awful Twitch drop system worse. Um, uh, just keep it updated and I'm glad they're is a service out there for this. So it's been a couple weeks now um, since Voyage of a Lifetime dropped. And I did a live stream reaction on Voyage of a Lifetime. Um, and I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about that uh, that documentary um, on stream or on, on the podcast here because I was very much looking forward to Voyage for a li- uh, Voyage of a Lifetime when they announced it. Um, I got really excited. I wanted to see the behind the scenes. I wanted to see the story of of this game that we all love and this game that we all play. I wanted to see where it came from. How did they come up with the name? I wanted to know the trials, the tribulations, decisions that they made, um, what the teams thought of it. What was the pitch to Xbox? Right. Um, because, because rare was a studio and I was, I was joking with Logan, um, um, that I did had no idea, uh, who rare rare was. I had played a lot of their games, but never associated them, um, to the games, uh, until sea of thieves. And I began to learn, um, the history of that studio. So I am a history buff. I love history. I love Sea of Thieves. So having that mixed together where I got an inside look and everyone got an inside look um, for this. Now, th- this this documentary, I'm, I'm glad it was free. I'm glad they put it out on YouTube. They could have literally charged five bucks for this. They could have sold this um, and people would have bought it and they could have had a revenue. Um, but there was a theme that went on from the start of that documentary all the way to the end. And that was the community, the sea of thieves community, the rare folks talk about it a lot. I talk about it a lot. There are so many discords out there. There are so many content creators out there. The community for sea of thieves in general is a very healthy. It's a very fun. It's a very welcoming and inclusive community. Yes, there are outliers. There are always outliers, which make it bad, but in general, 
the Sea of Thieves community is probably one of the best gaming communities to be a part of, um, right? Everyone experiences the game in their own way. Uh, obviously, you know how I feel about when there's bugs and issues. Um, I, I, I vocalize that very loudly. Um, but in general, the, the community is just great. Sailing around, meeting new people who love the game, um, and just talking to them, interacting with them, fighting with them, whatever the case may be. It's just an outstanding community. And that was the theme. That was a trending theme throughout the entirety of the 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 video um it it it, before the audience before us the players even got our hands on an alpha on a beta on anything whatsoever you could see the sense of community already in rare. You could see it in the eyes of the developers as they come up with different features, as they come up with different um, parts of, of what the prototype looked like in order to present it to Microsoft. You could see it when the Microsoft executives came over for the pitch and actually got to sit down and play a little bit of the prototype that they had done. It wasn't a traditional pitch, right? It wasn't a traditional sit in a room with a whiteboard and a slideshow presentation and saying, here's the game that we have on our, on our ideas. What do you guys think? This is what we would like to do with it. This is its goal. This is its, 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 its heart and its soul that we know of right now. What do you guys think? No, they already had built a prototype. They already spent time and they they spent labor in building this prototype. And they literally brought these Xbox executives over, sat them down, gave them a headset, an Xbox controller, and they said, play. And they're like this. And it was crazy because there wasn't even like a business talk, uh, uh, from what you saw right there. It was literally them watching the eyes of these executives light up as they were experiencing this world for the very first time. And we've all been there. We have all been there with sea of thieves. Sea of thieves is not a game that sits there and gives you a tutorial. Sea of thieves is not a game that sits there and says, this is what you do. Here's how you do it. There's little helpful hints that they've added now, but in general, it's a figure it out, right? Rare does not put a, a instruction manual in front of you, right? You get the very basics, very, very basics in a maiden voyage. And then you're off, you're off just like everyone else who's played it. No matter for how many years you're off and you're sailing and you're doing voyages and PVP and whatever. There's not a whole lot of, of, Oh, I need to, to learn. I need to practice. I need no, you're just out there. And I, 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 I was listening, um, to the keel hall podcast community episode, um, um, on my, my drive from work. And there was a, a new, uh, gold hoarder, um, their, their patrons, uh, who was talking to captain Logan about, uh, his first time playing sea of thieves. And I thought it was actually absolutely amazing. It was, it was him and a couple of his friends, and he's the only one that's hung around, but he was kind of frustrated the first time he played Sea of Thieves because there was no instruction manual. He didn't know what he was doing. He had no clue what was going on. But as he continued to play and enjoyed the world that he was in uh, and met more people, met more of the community, he started to 
blossom and figure out what this game was all about and what we can say is the rest is history he's still playing to the day his friends are not playing but he's made new friends and he's made um uh new you know lifelong companions in this video game and that is what it's all about the faces on these executives when they got to play a very rough prototype if you saw um, voyage of a lifetime and saw some of these prototype videos of the game it's rough like it mm, like we think it's bad now it's it was rough back then and just the the faces they had when they were sailing and the best part was they were placed in a game with another crew of of other people there in the studio they had no idea they were going to interact with other players and there was a moment that i paused the video and took a screenshot um, of Mike Chapman in the background after the, the prototype play with the Xbox executives and his face was lit up and he was looking at the camera and you could just see in his face that was the face of a proud dad. He had helped create. He was the create. He's the creative director of Sea of Thieves and his vision to create a game that was a tell your own adventure, get immersed in a world. In the very beginning, roughest state of a prototype it could be. He could see by the joy, by the amazement and the excitement in their voices and their faces and how he could, he didn't even have to sit there and, and, and do a business proposal. He didn't have to sit there with a, a, a slideshow on a, on a, on a freaking whiteboard or anything. He literally let them sit down and see the vision firsthand and they loved it and their minds were blown and he was just sitting there listening to the stories. They didn't suggest them do anything. They just said, here's this thing, this world, go play, go have fun. And that has always been the approach since I started playing and from what I, who I've talked about other people. Um, since the very beginning, that's how the sea of thieves has been. And it's evolved over time and things have gotten cleaner in places and there's still a lot of cleanup to do, but in general, it's here's our world, go enjoy it and enjoy it the way you want to enjoy it. If that's PVP, if that's tucking, if that's doing gold hoarder vaults, if that's doing tall tales, if that's logging in for every new adventure and then not touching it for a few months, however you want to play, maybe it's fishing. Maybe you enjoy fishing. Hell, there's people out there looking at you hull, uh, that, that love rowboats. They don't care about the ship. They love rowing around in rowboats and doing everything via a rowboat. It's, it's here's the world. We're going to make this world bigger. We're going to make this world better. We're going to give you story. We're going to give you memorable characters to interact with, but we're going to give you a world that's constantly evolving that you get to explore and you get to write your own pirate story. And I've said this time and time again, and I'll continue to say it. Sea of Thieves is literally a book that has been placed in front of you with blank pages and Mike Chapman has handed you a pen and he gives you a picture and the picture is this world of ocean with islands and forts and, 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 and enemies and sharks and the Kraken and Ashen Lords and skeletal Lords. He gives you this picture on the first page and he hands you a pen and says, write your story. 
And every day you log in, regardless if you think about this or not, every day you log in, your pirate writes a new chapter to the story. Maybe it's 20 minutes is all you have time to sail around and you go clear a phantom fort and then you go sell the loot. That's a story. That is a chapter. Or maybe you're like me and play eight hours on a community uh, weekend stacking Fort of the Dams and defending it from uh, multiple ships. Or, or firing over to Reapers to, to, to kill a, uh, a crew turning in and blowing up their ship and stealing all their loot. Or maybe it's, it's uh, a day where I'm sailing around just doing Athena Veil missions. Whatever the case may be, that's a new chapter. You never know when you log in what's going to happen. You don't know the people you're going to interact with. You may have a plan from the very beginning, but you don't know what is going to transpire, and you don't know what eventually the words in that chapter are going to be until you log out. And that is the beauty of this game. And I think it was it was shown beautifully in A Voyage of a Lifetime. Everything wasn't smooth. The launch wasn't smooth. Obviously, we know over time we've had bugs, um, we've had exploits, we've had cheaters, we've had hackers. We know there's issues in this game. To this day, it's cleaner now than it's ever been, but there are still issues. It's not been an easy road. It hasn't been a road without turbulence. But it's been their road. And it's been all about the community. How can we make sure that every time our players log in, they have fun in some way, shape, or form? Even on my worst days, even on the days where I'm raging and I, you know, alt F4, which only has happened a couple times, um, on days where I rage quit and walk away only happened a couple times, even on those days, I can't say that the entire time was frustrating. I can't say that the entire time wasn't enjoyable. I can't say that I didn't have at least a little bit of fun in my playtime. Every time I've logged into Sea of Thieves, I've had fun, either with the people I've known I'm going to play with in the crew or people I've interacted with on the seas. I've always been able to find some sort of fun and enjoyment in writing my pirate story. They talked about early on the initial feedback. They had, they had, uh, uh, clips from YouTube reviewers and, and writings from like IGN and those type of game reviewers. And they're saying, it's beautiful, but there's nothing to do. It's it's cool, but there's nothing to do. There, once you do this, there's nothing to do. From the very beginning, they were attacked that their world was beautiful. It was a choose-your-own-adventure sandbox, but there was very little for you to interact with. And I love the fact that the the studio basically in this in this documentary said, we threw out, we ripped up, we destroyed our initial plans of what we were going to do with this game. And we did something completely different because we saw the feedback from the community. Now in a, in a development studio, uh, situation, you have to prioritize and you have to decide what is best from that feedback. But from the very beginning, from launch on see if thieves has listened to the community and it might not be that they've developed something exactly like we want. They may have not have developed something in the time manner we want, but they've listened to the community and continued to evolve this game based on the community, because that is what this game from the beginning and its core was 
was all about. There are a lot of games out there, a lot of games out there. And many studios and many game companies, they don't give a shit about what you think about their game. They have a roadmap and they have what their vision of this game is going to be. And they're going to do it that way. You've got League of Legends. Some people might like, like me, a character like Heimerdinger. And some of you have probably never played League of Legends before in your life. And I want Heimerdinger to be the most powerful character in the world. They don't, they don't care. They have a vision of what they want that character to be like, and that's what they're going to do. Halo. Overwatch. Counter-Strike. Fortnite. Pick a game out there. Some games are going to listen to their community to a point, but other games are not. In fact, I would venture to say most games, most games are going to go about building their game how they want to build it. They're going to balance things based on feedback, but they're going to build the game the way they want to build it. I just look at Destiny right now. We finished the last season of Destiny, and the submachine gun was everywhere. It was annoying, and it was it, like, the community was outraged that the fact that the submachine gun was basically the only gun to use in PvP. It was overpowered in PvE. Everyone was just using that. The statistics, there are statistic sites out there that show the use of that gun or those t- styles of gun versus anything else. We now hit a new season in Destiny. Guess what is still the top weapon? After all the bitching and complaining the community did, the submachine gun is still the best gun out there. Now, the specific submachine gun may have changed, but the submachine gun is still an overpowered gun that is everywhere and it's taking over everything. It's just how it is. You think Destiny cares about that? No, they don't. People are still playing it. People are still having a good time with it. People are still trying different builds and different powers and everything else. Will they address it if they feel like it's getting overpowered? Sure, they'll address it eventually. But in general, they didn't do anything about it after all the feedback from the community. Sea of Thieves takes the pictures from Sea of Thieves shot. They take the stories that are posted on Twitter and Reddit and Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. They take the content that's being made everywhere. They listen to the community. They may not implement something exactly like they, we want or in the time period we want. They may put holds on things we're enjoying like in adventures. But at the end of the day, the community is the forefront and the biggest voice that Sea of Thieves is going to listen to. Do they have a do they have a a a vision, a roadmap? Yeah, they've got a roadmap. Yeah, they've got a vision. But if the community provides enough feedback, they might tweak that roadmap. So instead of going 70 miles an hour down the highway, they might be like, oh, well, let's go 50 and take this one little on-ramp and, or off-ramp, and then we'll get back on the highway. They'll, they'll tailor how they're doing their updates, how they're doing their bug fixes, how they're doing their new content based on the community's reaction to it. And I, I am the first, to, you all know, that I jump down their throats very quickly when something is not clean. 
I'm the first, I'm the first one to rage on the show. But I know that they listen and I know that eventually the concerns will be addressed. Now, some people out there listening might say, well, why hasn't hit reg been fixed? Well, here's the thing. There are two different sides to, to this argument. And one is sea of thieves knows hit registration is a problem. They have implemented fixes to try to address it. We are so far down that rabbit hole that they're trying, they're making adjustments, but it's at a point now where they're like, I don't know if we can fix the system that we currently have. Let's work on a new system, which I've been told has been being tested on like insiders and stuff. I have no idea, but I've been told that's being tested. We don't know anything because they haven't gave us an update about it, but, but they're trying. And yes, I get frustrated because they don't provide us updates. Yes, I get frustrated because I think this is something they should have addressed a long time ago. But I can see that they're trying to do something about it. And they've always tried to do something about it. It just might not work out. But at least they're trying. Some game developers don't even try. They're just like, here's our game. Play it. This is what we're going to do next. Oh, you don't like it? That's okay. We're going to do it anyways. Play it. I was also excited during Voyage of a Lifetime that they 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 were crit, they were very particular about some of the content creators that they they selected. They had a wide variety. They had everyone from people who made content just on Twitter to podcasting to YouTube and streaming. They had a wide variety of creators on there. Now you saw some faces more than once. You saw some faces more than others, but in general, they had a very wide range of skill sets, play styles, and, um, creators from a variety of different platforms from owl tweets to the Keelhaul podcast to Athena steals to just a fun loving community to someone who's built a community based around, um, a disability and has done great things to help Rare develop the game to be more accessible for other people. They highlighted the community. They could have beat their chest. They could have talked about all the awards they won. They could have talked about the the complete journey and how well they've done and, and what all they did and all the hard work that went into it and all the money they've made and how they're a, a flagship of Xbox. But no matter what they talked about, they always had a community member there to talk about the game from the community's eyes and whatever, whatever experience that that community member had, they were able to share it. The entire documentary was based around us. And yes, it was the story of sea of thieves. Yes. It was the story of rare developing its first new IP in what? 25, 30 years. It was about a company who took a risk and it's paid off. But it always, every turn of the page came back to us, the community. And to me, that speaks miles about Rare and about the Sea of Thieves team, about what their focus is when they're making this game. Their focus is us, the community. 
They want to give us a world where we can write our own story, where each time we log in, as I said, is a new chapter for us to write. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I avoided crying and getting choked up, even though it was an emotional, uh, very emotional uh, thing, watching um, everything from start to finish. But uh, if you want to watch my live reaction, you can go to twitch.tv slash Davram, the live stream, and you can go back in the VODs and you can watch my reaction as I watched it. But I absolutely thought the production value was brilliant. I thought they did a great job on it. Um, I think they really highlighted what they needed to highlight. Um, I know we'll get into Logan's thoughts about it um, as he was one of the content creators that was featured um, in it. Uh, we'll get to that next week in his interview. And he had some really good things to say about it and some feedback as to how he thought it would have been better um, and things like that. But I thought it was outstanding. I enjoyed the history. I enjoyed everything about it. Um, and you know how I feel about pets. I'm not too happy that they're adding yet more pets to this game. But hell, you know what? Jared, you got it. Okay. Now, hopefully, I don't have to open my Twitter every single day and see some other owl photo, okay? Because after over a year of this, buddy, we've sailed together. We've talked personally. I'm not going to lie. I was pretty close to hating owls after this year, okay? I'm, I'm just saying I was pretty close to not liking them. And I enjoy going, going to the Renaissance Fair every year and going to the Birds of Prey uh, show and seeing these beautiful creatures fly around. But by God, every day I opened up Twitter to see another stupid picture of an owl and an owl request, okay? I was at a point where I was going to hate owls. So hopefully that'll be over now. Hopefully we don't have to worry about more requests for owls. I'm sure now that that Rare has announced that owls are going to come in because of Jared Owlet, if you don't know who, who I'm talking about. Hopefully now, I, I don't have to see that every single time I log in. And I will say this to anyone out there thinking that you're going to start a daily request from Sea of Thieves to add something to the game, I will mute you. You have been warned. I knew Jared before he started this crusade, and that is the only thing that saved him and his feathery friends. Anyone else who starts daily requests, you're getting muted. Immediately. And I'm sure there are people out there that exist, I just don't see them right now, thankfully. But congratulations, Jared, on getting owls brought to Sea of Thieves uh, on a historical and a, um, I'll just say on a historical level, I think it's stupid. It doesn't line up. It doesn't make any sense. But everyone always tells me, don't worry, Davram, it's a fantasy game. You can do anything. Fine. Add a Vatacadavra, add magic, add freaking wands to the game, and let's Harry Potter this shit up. Jesus. Let's just have a crossover with Harry Potter. Expecto Patronum. Avada Kedavra. Whatever you want. Let's just add it in there because it's a fantasy world. Owls have no place. I'm sorry. They're beautiful creatures. Small dicked human outside. 
Uh, they're beautiful creatures. Uh, I love seeing them fly and everything, but they're they were not on they were not pets on a pirate ship. Neither were monkeys. Dogs, yes. Cats, absolutely. Rats, sure. Not necessarily pets, but yes. Rats, yes. Owls, no. Monkeys, absolutely not. The monkey makes sense because Jack, the skeletal monkey from Pirates of the Creamon, get it, I get it. But no, they were not. We're not. No more daily requests, please. Save my, save my sanity. I'm already to a point where I don't want to get on Twitter anymore anyways. Just save my sanity. Save my sanity that whenever I click my, my search, my save search for Sea of Thieves, please save me and I don't have to see any more daily requests, please. We got, we got the owls. Let's move on. Makes no sense, but we got, yeah. Community day or community weekend. I had a blast. Um, season nine has reinvigorated my, my love for sea of thieves, um, which was waning. I mean, I love the game, but it was starting to, to break a little bit because I thought season seven was a crappy season. I thought captaincy was over underwhelming. It added some cool features, but overall I thought it was underwhelming. Season eight was cool, but it was full of issues um, and, and, and I really did not enjoy the fact that I could, could not play with some of my friends who were playing a lot more than me and therefore were ranked higher than me. And therefore we would get destroyed because of the mismatch in skill sets. I was at a point where I would play every so often, maybe a couple hours a week, but my love to log in and play the game was waning not the love for the game, the love to play, like log in and play. That's two different things. If, if they completely break Sea of Thieves one of these days and I don't want to log in, that's not going to stop my love for the game and the lore and the story and the hope that it gets better. But after season seven and season eight, I was at a point where I was just like, ugh, I don't want to play. And season nine has brought that passion, that fire and that love back. And I played probably, oh, I don't know, 16 plus hours over community weekend doing four of the damn stacks and doing steals and doing reaper defense and reaper assaults and doing diving on Briggs. I had so much fun because there were players doing things. You see a Fort of Fortune, you know people are going after it. You see a Fort of the Damned, you know people are going after it. You see anything in the world now as far as events-wise, and there was at least one ship there doing it, if not multiples fighting over it or working together to beat it. The world yet again, and since I've started playing, feels more alive now than it has ever done, and that is amazing. And I don't think, based on what I've seen on, on discords and what I've seen in social media, I don't think there's too many people out there who's complaining about the state of Sea of Thieves right now. Sure, there are still issues, but I think most people are enjoying themselves right now because there are a lot of things that were not fully working when they first came out that are now working and working well. Do I think that there's still a balancing issue as far as things being maybe a little too easy? Sure. 
sure. I do think they went a little overboard on some of that, but that can always be tweaked a bit. But I think Sea of Thieves is in its best state that it's been. And guess what? There was, aside from a chest, there was no new content added to Season 9. None. Aside from a chest. One chest. That was the only new content. Okay, Ghost Fleets came back, I guess. But those two things... Uh, the chest is the only net new thing. Ghost fleets are a rebirth of what existed before, but there is no real new content that came in. There was not a new fort. There was not a new, um, you know, event that we hadn't seen in the past. There was nothing major and new, no new adventure, none of that, no new tall tale, no pirate's life, no, none of that. It was really just saying, Hey, we've done quality of life fixes across the game. Try it out. Play it. Do you like it? And yes, I do. I like what I'm seeing. I'm liking what I'm playing. I'm enjoying the fact that Sea of Thieves feels alive again. I think I did on the first uh, community day of the weekend. I think I did four or five Fort of the Dams. Um, we had we had two galleons um, of community members. Uh, and we did, we did, I'm pretty sure two uh, or, or five, each of us did five, four of the dams. And then I, I left because I needed to get some sleep to go work out the next day, but the rest of them continued on. And I think probably did like five more or something. I don't know. They, they stayed up ridiculously. And then I got on the next day and we were having fun doing uh reaper stuff. So I could finish off my reaper emissary before everything uh, swapped over to um, April. Uh, and now we've got the new emissary rewards out there, the fishing pole and the tankard, I think for each but i just had a blast seeing people talking to people everyone was so excited sure people were giving feedback that they thought some things that they tweaked and changed maybe went too far but in general no one was really upset about the state of the game everyone was reinvigorated and having a great time and that was good to see that was good to see and i'm honestly having some of the most fun that I've had. And I can't wait to see what they continue to do this season. Things like loadouts. If that came to the game where you could quickly switch your clothing, your weapons to a predetermined set of, of things, a loadout that we've been asking for, for a while, that would be huge. The, would it, would it be a drastic in, 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 in change to the game as far as content? No, but it's something the players would like to see where they could click a button and all of a sudden their entire outfit, their weapons, their equipment, all changes to a new look that they like instead of having to go one by one. That could be coming. Who knows? Maybe we see some more improvements in the UI. Maybe we see a change to the registration system as far as bucket hit all those things. Maybe we see a ease of use or, or a change in the barrels. They've already made some changes to the barrels. There are so many quality of life things that sea of thieves have already implemented in season nine and can continue to implement season nine is four months long. Ladies and gentlemen, 16 weeks, four months. Did I do that math, right? Yeah. 
16 weeks, four months. We are going to be playing season nine into June. It's currently April. There is a lot of time for them to do some really cool things. And I'm very excited to see what they continue to improve in this game. Um, so we can, you know, enjoy it and have and have more and more fun and encourage more and more players to be interacting either positively or aggressively. So what comes next? And this is pure speculation. There's obviously quality of life things we can talk about. But we've got we've got four months of season nine. And I can't see myself just stopping playing. I might not play as much as I did on community day um, each and every week, but I'm going to be enjoying season nine for sure. But what's season 10 look like? Not too long ago, there was a convention, um, E3, not happening this year, but Xbox will still do some sort of showcase during that time frame, And it just happens to be at the end of June. And not too long ago at that particular showcase, Sea of Thieves was finishing up a patch, a season, whatever you want to call it. And it was their turn to present at E3. And we see Jack Sparrow. <clears throat> we see Davy Jones. We see Barbosa. We see a pirate's life. And the exciting part was at the end of that trailer, it says, play it tomorrow, play it today, play it next week, whatever it was. And everyone lost their mind. It's been some time since a pirate life launched. And I'm not saying we're going to get a Pirate's Life 2, by the way. That was how many years in the making? I don't think we're going to get a Pirate's Life 2. But I think Season 10 is going to be big. I think it's going to be quite big. Because it lines up exactly in the same regards as a Pirate's Life did. Where we're going to be finishing up Season 9 right around the time when they're going to make the announcement for the next thing, season 10, right around the same time. And it just so happens to overlap with the Xbox Expo or what used to be E3. I know Logan and I next week will go into details about that, but I think we're going to see the next big thing. I think we are going to finally reach the golden age of piracy. Or at least take a major leap towards it. I feel that the completion of Golden Sands, new Golden Sands Outpost, will signify either the start or really close to the start of the golden age of piracy. It lines up perfectly. New Golden Sands is no longer a pirate outpost. It is literally a city. It is a colony, if you will, much like New Providence Island or uh, Nassau, as it were, in the, in the history of piracy in the Caribbean. It makes sense. It's got 
stone walls. It has towers. It resembles a city. It is a city. It's got a dry dock that has now been built. And all this time that new golden sands has been being built. No one has asked the question who's building it. Well, sure. We're rebuilding it after the war, but who's building it. Who's funding it. Who's responsible for not just putting thatch roofs on a couple wooden buildings, but actually building a stronghold, a fortress. And a lot of people believe that this is going to be the pirate Lord's fortress versus Flameheart and Reaper's hideout. I disagree. I adamantly disagree. I think the pirate Lord has nothing to do with golden sands. Hate to burst your bubble. I think the pirate Lord has nothing to do with golden sands. Does the pirate Lord because of Merrick and all that stuff want golden sands rebuilt? Sure. Do I think he has much to do? If anything to do with golden sands being turned into a colony, a stone brick city, not the simple wood and thatch roof houses of the pirate outpost that we know. I think it's time for a group that I have not trusted since the very beginning and on a technical game level have a lot of issues with, but a group who I haven't trusted since the very beginning, I think it's time for them to make their move. And I think season 10 is going to be about the sovereigns, who they are, what they want and what they're doing here. I think the sovereigns are the ones that are funding and building new golden sands. And I think when season 10 launches, I believe the veil is going to be lifted on the sovereign and literally the curtain is going to be pulled back on that statue. And we're going to be finding out who the sovereigns are loyalty to loyal to. It's not going to be Merrick. It is not going to be the pirate Lord. And it is sure as hell not going to be Flameheart. This is going to be a third faction. Maybe not a faction that we can ally ourselves with, like the Gold Hoarders, Pirate Lord, all that fun stuff. But it is going to be another faction that is going to be an integral part in the next part of the Sea of Thieves story. I see, based on the word sovereigns, it means ruling party or king, that we're going to be finding out who they work for. I personally think it would be make very much sense that this is the time when they really push um, the, the what is it? The, it's the East India Trading Company for Sea of Thieves, and it's just flown out my head what they're called. Um, oh, what are they called? I don't remember. It'll come to me after this episode or during this uh, this part, part of the segment, and I'll, 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 I'll yell it out. But... I personally think that the Sovereign are loyal to the East India Trading Company here in Sea of Thieves. And we're going to find out who the mastermind is behind it. Is it the captain? I don't think so, but it might be. Is it Captain Hook? A lot of people are expecting Captain Hook. I don't know. I don't think Captain Hook makes sense because Captain Hook is a pirate. Now, of a young Captain Hook, maybe. 
But I think we're going to see in season 10 what the sovereigns are and their plans for the Sea of Thieves. Back in pirate history, kings would send their their agents, their governors, their royal governors, right, to these colonies. And the idea is to institute British law, French law, Spanish law, and provide a flow of resources back to the motherland. Things like spices, silks, precious gems and metals, slaves, whatever the case may be, the colonies in the Caribbean, on the coast of the United States, these were trading centers for mainland Europe. And I believe how I see it is the sovereigns are these agents. These sovereigns are the first wave of a colonial power trying to get into the sea of thieves and tap into the resources in the sea of thieves, just like history, right? Mike Chapman loves history. And, and he says that this game is based on the golden age of piracy or the piracy history in the Caribbean. It's time for the sovereigns to show themselves. Who are they loyal to? Who are they loyal to? Yes, that's the correct. Yes. Who is their loyalties with? What do they want from us? Now, if you're not a historian, these colonial governors would oftentimes tread a very thin line. The ruling powers in Europe did not agree with piracy. Why? Because pirates would attack their ships, would steal from them. But but the royal governors oftentimes loved pirates and would work with them to a certain point. The pirates, let's say English pirates, quote unquote, would go out and attack French ships or Spanish ships. They would attack them. They would steal the, the metals and the gems and, and, and Spanish documents of intelligence and silk and precious, uh, precious, spices and things like that. And then they would bring them back to the Royal governor. The Royal governor would give them money, which is what the pirates wanted, right? Gold coins. They would buy it from the pirates and then they would turn around and put that stuff. They would put that on another ship and sail it to England or sail it to another colony and sell it at a higher price. That's how these royal governors made so much money. Not only did they make taxes on the people who lived there, but they would utilize these pirates to go seize goods and then resell them at a higher value. They would give the pirates what the pirates would be okay with and then turn around and sell it at a higher value on the normal legitimate royal trade routes. And I think 
The sovereigns are the first stage of this in the Sea of Thieves. Are we going to take part in that kind of stuff? No, but I think the story can be there where the sovereigns are going to come in and try to assert more and more power over us and try to, in the story, control the economy more for their royal governor, whoever that may be. I don't know if they'll get in the weeds that far, but I feel like nodes of that from history are going to be brought into it. Um, and we're really going to start to feel that historical push to the golden age of piracy. And I think that golden age of piracy starts when we've got that East India trading company group coming into the sea of thieves, populating new golden sands, flipping off that 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 silk and revealing the statue of whoever their leader is their sovereign see what i did there see what i did there so let me know in the comments section hit me up on twitter use the email address however you wish to get a hold of me join the discord and tell me what do you think season 10 has in store it lines up perfectly for a big announcement and a really big content update for season 10 it lines up perfectly because they can do the hype of season 9 coming to a close big xbox presentation they're a flagship um, name for xbox big flagship presentation at the xbox showcase and saying you can play it tomorrow or you can play it next week so what do you think is coming? Do you think it's a pirate life's too? Do you think Jack's coming back? Do you think it might be Captain Hook? Do you think we're going to get another crossover to another Disney? Do you think we're going to see how I think it with the step closer to the golden age of piracy with the finishing of new golden sands and knowing who the sovereigns work for? What do you think is going to be the season 10 reveal at the Xbox showcase in June as we end season nine, let me know. Thank you very much, everyone for taking some time to listen uh, to my show today. I appreciate it very much. You can find me on Twitter, Davram TV on Twitter, even though I'm not on there a lot. You can check the show notes for my email address. You can also check the show notes for the Discord server. Come in, join the conversation. There's a lot of great people who play a lot of different games, and people are always looking to crew up and see a thieves. But guys, thank you very much. Take care of yourselves and each other. And until next time, I'll see you next week on Pirate talk radio although it's going to be pre-recorded so i'll see you the week after for a not pre-recorded show yeah that sounds about right